stuff that doesn't make us come stuff that definitely doesn't make us come and like how we kind of handle that and to know whether or not you truly come so which I, I think a lot of you guys are misled yeah because faking it is a thing and it's so easy it's so easy you like, think you're good at it, but you're just not. You're not. You're, you're not. not. Just quit. You just really have to be honest and open. But we'll get to that in a minute. But we do have um, a couple updates for you guys. Um, a couple episodes ago, we had um, a listener share her take on her breakup, Taylor. She sent us in another story of hers that she asked us to share on the podcast. And it kind of goes back to our episode from season one when we had Brittany on talking about when guys go psycho. So she re-downloaded the dating apps after she went through her breakup, and she said that she matched with this guy who wasn't that attractive, but he was tall and seemed like he had a good personality and a sense of humor. And she knows I'm tall, too, so she said, you know how that goes. And as you all know on the previous episode, I said I do like my men tall. We all do. Um, She said that they talked for a little bit. It was stale conversation. He was only focused on meeting up while he was in town, and she wasn't feeling it, so she just kind of stopped responding and started to ghost him, right? Which is okay to do. Yes, we don't have to talk to men if you don't want to. And vice versa, men, if you don't want to talk to us, perfectly all right. Mm-hmm. Which may or may not be another episode coming up here pretty soon, dun, dun, dun. by the way. <clears throat> so she said she was on Twitter a couple days later, and she liked this tweet from a frat guy, and she looked at the profile and just decided to follow him because he knew a bunch of her friends and went to her school. And within seconds, the boy followed her back and sent me a DM, and it was the same guy that she had ghosted on the dating app. And she just said that she started talking to him again because she felt like a dumbass and didn't want to ghost him twice. She said she was seriously laughing to herself because she hadn't even looked at the profile picture, and she just felt really stupid. So through talking after meeting him on, or like following him on Twitter, um, she said he kept trying to get her to come up, to go up to D.C. to meet up with him. Which is just barbaric. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. That's too long of a drive. Yeah, or flight. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, hmm, that sounds like a great way to get murdered, so maybe no. And then he started to get kind of weird and possessive, but they hadn't even met yet, and she was just trying not to date him, and she told him that explicitly when he started acting like that. And he seemed understanding at first, but then he kept acting super weird. He would randomly FaceTime her, and when she didn't answer... Um, He would ask her where she was and who she was with. And then one night, she was out with her friends and had plenty to drink, and he'd been texting her, so she was ignoring him. She had just gotten home after that night of drinking when he FaceTimed her and started yelling at her for not responding to him. And she said, dude, we're not dating. I told you specifically I was not interested in dating you. You need to fuck off because I'm not about to waste my time and energy on this situation. True. That's a mood. Yeah. I'm here for it. (laughs) So then she went to bed, and the next day she was out with her friends, and he tried to FaceTime her again, and she ignored him again. And so he texted her talking shit again, and she told him the same thing she had said before. And he says, don't go on a dating app if you're not looking to date or get fucked. Uh Okay, rude. I mean, like... I mean, true, but she but is, not. She is looking to date or get fucked. She just doesn't want to fuck you. Yeah, so get over aggressive. it. So fucking butt hurt. Yeah. So then she blocked him, um, but she said she always gets nervous because he's friends with a bunch of her frat f- friends. Um, so then she told her friends what he said, and they said they were not surprised because he acted like that a lot of the time. Oh, shady. So I guess that was pretty much it. You yeah. can't really contact her past that, but that's insane. Well, I'm glad that she didn't, like, meet up with him, especially after hearing what her friend said, because he has a past of acting that way, apparently, in certain situations towards women, so... He sounds like he'd be abusive. Yeah, seriously, sounds like she dodged a bullet, because, like, 
they didn't even meet and he was all up in her business. Like, where are you? What are you doing? Who are you with? Why aren't you responding to me? Like, boy, get the fuck out of here. She like, she sent us the screenshot of him telling her to like get off a dating app unless she wants to get fucked. She said, I literally have no energy to deal with petty ass shit from a guy I'm not dating. She, (laughs) that's good. Retweet. You guys, like, if we want to block you and we don't want to respond, do not harass us. Yeah. That's happened to me countless times. Like, just stop responding. Just take a freaking hint. Well, like, I get that females get all butthurt. I mean, we do. Like, we get butthurt when men don't respond to us and they ghost us. Like, even if it's, like, just chatting on Tinder for a couple of days. And, I mean, it's, like, on different scales. Like, it's not always, like, my feelings are super hurt. But I just don't text back like I'm like oh okay well that's fucking lame like whatever like I might talk shit to my friends but I'm not gonna say it to you like yeah what? I'm not gonna find you on social media and send you an instant message and tell you that you're ugly like does that make you feel better no I hope not when I was living in New York last summer I was messaging a guy I guess it was on hinge mm-hmm. and we had really great conversations and like we hadn't had the opportunity to meet up for like a month but we were like talking on and off and every day he'd be like, hi, I miss you. Or like, hi, like, what are you doing? I really miss you. And I'm like, you don't know me at all though. Yeah. You don't know me. You don't, I don't want to know you anymore. I even said, um, I said, how can you miss me if you haven't even met me yet? And he was just like, I just do. Okay. But that's not a thing. But that's weird. Like you don't know, like you've never met my physical being. You can't miss me. It's so bizarre. I don't know. I guess it just goes to show how men can get so attached to words. Yeah, I and think like so. this idea of who you are. I think it goes hand in hand with like desperation. Yeah, I think and, like, so too. And like loneliness. Because it's usually from dating apps, I feel like I get one extreme or the other. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never just neutral, let's go out, let's start dating. It's like, I'm obsessed with you and I want to be with you every day, or I meet you once, I fuck you, and then we're done. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not never just in regular middle. dating anymore, and it's lame. Well, and I've gotten so hypersensitive to the way people message on dating apps and, like, what they say. Yeah. Because, um, like, the slightest little thing will freak me out and I won't respond. Yeah, me too. And I feel like because of the fact that it's not in person, it does put so much emphasis on words. So, like, you're worried about saying the wrong thing. There's so much pressure to act, like, the best version of yourself on social media mm-hmm. and on dating apps because that's all you have is yeah. the words that you say and the photos that you post. Well, and it does give you a good sense for who they are. Right. And that's why you're not supposed to rely specifically on the app to form the connection. You know, like there's, okay, there's a spark over the app. Okay. You like this person's photo. Okay. You guys are interested in similar things. Have a small conversation about that. Make a plan to go meet up and then exactly. go meet up. Like stop. Why would I want to talk to you over an app for six weeks? That's boring. Yeah. That's why Fucking I like boring. I like the guys who are like, like the guy I'm going to go out with on Wednesday. He messaged me. And he was like, Hey, what are you doing Wednesday? Let's get a drink. And I was like, beautiful. So it's like, yeah, don't make me have the small talk because I don't want to go through it. Right. And I have better things to do than talk on hinge. And seriously. And way better things to do. Like masturbate, <laughs> sleep, homework, eat, <laughs> homework. Work. Yeah. Work. Making money. Um, but like small talk should be minimal and it should be in the first like meeting yep. really. And then after that, I don't like small talk besides, you know, catching up, learning how, like what's new. Hey, how was your weekend? I don't know. I don't care to talk about my freaking weekend. It was fine. Yeah, it was great. Like just went and did a couple of things and they're like, that's cool. I'm like, uh-huh. Having a good Saturday? I Sure. <sighs> Are you asking me if I'm free? Because, yeah, I am. I don't know what that means. So, yeah, are you exactly. having a good say, day? You sure. just say what you mean on dating apps. 
Okay. Um, another update we have for you guys. We posted a poll on our Instagram last week before um, we released our episode with Mr. Garth Tubbs about uh, building a perfect partner. And some of the questions we asked were, um, is it possible to have a partner who is quote unquote perfect? And could you find a perfect partner in an imperfect person? Now, obviously you guys know our opinion on that, that nobody's perfect and that you know, that doesn't mean that you want, won't find someone that's perfect for you, but that still doesn't make them a perfect person. Everybody has flaws. Everybody has their own things. Um, and we got some really, we got a lot of responses actually from you guys, which we were super happy about. So thank you guys so much for interacting with us on social media. Thank you so much. Um, for the first question, is it possible to have a partner who is perfect? 81% of you said no. And, um, 19% of you said yes. So that pretty much goes on with the consensus that we reached last week. Um, And I would really like to know why certain people think that it's possible to have a partner who is perfect in every way. Yeah. Where Um, where did you find them? I know that one of the people that responded, my friend Ray, she told me that um, it's not that the person is perfect, but it's because that they both worked on, I guess, parts of themselves to be together to form like a perfect unit. Not necessarily individual people who are perfect, but together come and form like a perfect um, partnership. Couple, partnership, yeah. But they're still. I mean, that doesn't like mean that they won't have issues or arguments or right. disagreements. So I still think that's false. I mean, obviously it's up to her opinion. Right, right. Like that's fine. If that's how she feels about a relationship, like that's amazing. But I don't know. In my experience, it's nothing has ever been perfect or mm-hmm. close to it. I think it's just an interesting take because it, it kind of, it takes away from the, the individual, mm-hmm. which is nice because obviously you and your partner are a team. But I guess in that sense, we were more talking about falling in love and, and the ideal person that you see in your head that would be a perfect partner for you. Mm-hmm. Now she has found that. I mean, they're getting married here in June, which is so exciting. I can't wait for you guys to get married. Ray, I love you. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I do think that it's a little bit reaching to say that they're perfect just because they've worked at it because they're going to have to keep working at it, mm-hmm. you know? So you can never attain that perfection. I don't think. Well, I guess they could be perfect for you, but that obviously right. doesn't mean that they're a perfect Person. Partner. Yeah, or partner. Person. Yeah, all the time, 100% yeah. of the time. Yeah, so, so I get it. And then the next question, could you find a perfect partner and an imperfect person? 90% of you said yes, 10% of you said no. In the people that said no, Raythel was, again, one of those people, but she went and explained, you know, the whole partnership thing to me. And the other two people, I don't know very well, so I'm just going to assume that you... And they're men, so I'm just going to assume here, make a generalization that you just want a perfect woman who will do whatever you want. You tell them. So, I don't know. That's just what I got from that, because without that backstory that I got from Raythel, I would have been very confused as to her answers, because I feel like it's kind of a more logical concept to me that... I agree. Everybody has intrusive thoughts, negative thoughts... Well, that just goes to show how secure she feels in the relationship, which Ooh. is beautiful, but... Right? <clears throat> so, what's that to like? her. <laughs> right? What's that like? Do you how, tell more? What's it like to feel secure in a loving, doting relationship that's going to result in marriage and babies? You know? I don't know. Sex. And lots, I hope. 
lots of sex. I don't know. <laughs> Keep us updated. Yeah, right. Okay, so now I guess we'll jump into our topic of the day of the stuff of orgasms. Woo! Very exciting. Love a good orgasm. Um, we're just going to start talking about our experiences with orgasms, you know, in the beginning and over time as we continue to date and get older and have more experiences, meeting new people. Um, and also, I think talking about it with your friends kind of changes your perspective on orgasms and how you feel about your own. Yes. Um, what makes the perfect orgasm? Yeah. Do you know if you've actually come before? Surely. But you never know. Right. Have you faked it? Yes. Um, are you in it for the orgasm or are you in it for something else? And, uh, yeah, I think that's what we're going to talk about today. So do you want to start by telling us your first orgasm experience? Do you remember your first orgasm? I do. Oh God. I hope my fucking parents (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we got every, every time at the beginning of the episode, we need to just start saying, sorry, mom and dad. Just sorry, mom and dad. You know, you know, mom, you know. But I'm not sorry. Dad, you don't know. Dad, you listen to this every I'm an adult. Um, <laughs> I was 17, dating a senior, and I was a junior. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was really cool. Um, love it, love it. And I, like, I think my mom was out of town, and he came over super late at night. That was also the night I got my first um, traffic ticket. That was fun. <laughs> but uh, Night of first for you. Yeah. Wait, was that the first time that you had had sex, or was it just, like, the first time that you orgasmed? Orgasmed. And it was with somebody else. Yeah. Huh. It was, um, we didn't have sex. Had, but had you already had sex prior to that? No. No. Okay. All right. Awesome. No penetration. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, and at first I think I was super uncomfortable because that was the first time I think I had the opportunity to have an orgasm with someone else. Um, because I was very prudish as a young teen mm-hmm. and I was very scared and I was dating this older guy and he had a reputation. Um, and honestly, I think I was kind of, I don't want to say forced into letting him do it to me, but he definitely pressured me. Okay. Um, but then I was like, Mariah, it's okay. Like he knows what he's doing. He's older. Like listen to him. So you convinced yourself? Yeah. But you ended up being okay with it. Yeah. It wasn't a negative experience. No, it was fine. I loved him. I mean, it was fine. But, uh, so when it actually happened, Mm -hmm. I was just like, whoa, what was that? That was crazy. Did you, like, feel it coming? Did you... I think so. I think it took a while for my body to relax and, like, let it happen. Because I was still a little bit uncomfortable with, like, what was going on sexually. Like, you had to relax and everything? Yeah. I had to, like, tell myself that this is normal. This is what people do. Um, But... How, like, how did he do it? Like, was it... He went down on me. He went down on you. Okay. (laughs) Oh, what? (laughs) Um, so... It was a good experience overall, and, like, afterwards, he seemed really proud, and, like, I was happy, and I liked I love it, it when they're all proud after the Yeah, I liked cute. how he didn't make me return the favor at all. Oh, that's Because, nice. like, I think he knew I was freaked out a little bit and under pressure, and, like, right. he didn't need anything in return. So, yeah, I mean, it was a good experience, and um, from then on, I was like, where are they? <laughs> where are they? I need, I need them. more. Like a blind man searching. Just, yeah. Where? Oh, God. And then, um, yeah, over time, I guess I became a lot more comfortable, obviously with having them and wanting them. And I think a couple years ago, even I was like, if I was having sex with someone, I wouldn't put myself first. Mm -hmm. And I felt kind of guilty for expecting that out of them or expecting that out of the, out of the experience. 
But as I was sleeping with older guys, too, and, like, more experienced guys, Mm -hmm. it became part of what they did, too. Right. Like, they would want to make me do that, too. And I think younger guys are just focused on themselves. I think so, too. And that's what we learn, you know, in high school and in college. Like, you learn that you have sex for the man. Right. And for him to come and, like, you see the big, you know, like, in all the movies and stuff, like, you see the big finish when they're drunk and hooking up in, like, the frat kitchen or something Mm -hmm. like that. And you just, like, see him, like, being a two-pump chump, basically. And you're like, that's it. It's amazing. Like, yeah, even when it really (laughs) sucks or it hurts or you're not having any fun. Yeah. Or if they're doing it wrong. And all you're supposed to do is sit there and just, like, take it. Take it and moan about it. Yeah. No, it's time to reclaim the female orgasm. Thank you very much. I think that's one of the nice goals of 2019. And I did that very recently, too. Yeah. I feel like as I gained more self confidence and, like, figured out who it was as a person, that, like, brought these feelings about sex as a female yeah and like female empowerment it's like I don't care if you like don't want to give it to me because you're going to right yeah yeah and I'm gonna also help me get myself there because yeah it's like a 50 50 effort it really is and don't act annoyed if I expect it right exactly especially if you come first then make your way down there please yeah thank you bye-bye um I think my first time coming was not from sex I I started, like, touching myself, I don't think at a, like, super early age. I think it was, like, probably pretty developmentally appropriate. I think 13 or 14. Developmentally appropriate. <laughs> Seriously, though. I get it. Um, I mean, we're all sexual beings from birth, but still. Um, and I was in the shower <laughs> at my house. Hot. And I had, oh, God, I think it was some kind of mixtape going on <laughs> in my little boombox. Allie's orgasm mixtape. Oh yeah. My, my orgasm mixtape from high school, middle school, whatever. I don't know. Um, and I just took care of myself. I like put like sat down in the shower and I guess I, I kind of just like started touching myself and like did what felt good. And I think that I had, I had definitely masturbated a few times before I actually came to give myself an orgasm. It's kind but of scary. It is kind of scary because you don't know what that feeling is. You don't know what's going to happen. Like, yeah. especially when you're not educated on it. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know, like, something could have, I mean, I didn't know about squirting at the time. But, like, you know, I just meant, like, something could shoot out of me. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, is this how babies are made? You know, like, yeah, you don't right? have any real idea what's going to happen when you actually have an orgasm. And so, I was... I don't know if my dad was home. I'm not sure if he was, but if I was in the shower, he probably was. It was probably in the evening, but I remember like getting there and then tensing up because I knew I was about to like make a noise Uh and I like covered my own mouth and like just kind of like felt it in the shower (laughs) and that was it. That was my first (laughs) orgasm. (laughs) Oh my God. So I did it myself. Um, No help from anybody. It's the best way. I mean, I think that having, you know, bringing yourself to orgasm is very important because it helps you learn about yourself sexually, obviously. It's important. Um, But it was a clitoral orgasm. It wasn't a vaginal orgasm. I I only started experiencing vaginal orgasms, I think, probably in the last, like, two years, three years. Yeah, maybe less than that. I think two years is probably pretty good and they're few and far between I do not come every time I've had sex and I have 100% faked it but 
Um, I recently actually just came for the first time with somebody going down on me. I had never came. Wait, really? Yeah, I had never came that way before. Like, it always feels really good, and I almost get there. Like, I get, like, edged, basically, and then I'll, like, come if, like, he gets inside of me or something like that. But... I well, mean, congratulations. How exciting. Thank you. It was so exciting. I was shook because I just get really in my head. I know I do. So, and like we were discussing earlier, like certain people are not in it for the orgasm. They're in it for emotional connection and <clears throat> touching and kissing and stuff like that. Like more comprehensive experience. Mm-hmm. And so I finally kind of like let myself go and like, the thoughts that occur in my head when I'm by myself and masturbating and making myself come were like, I let myself think those things. And I was like, okay, okay. And I got there and I was like, yes. Oh my God. I fucking got there. It is hard. And he got me there. So go, um, go him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give him a pat on the back when I see him. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I don't like, think he knows that. So don't he's tell really him. Like, Why are you patting me? <clears throat> no reason. No reason. You just made You're my just girl Good, great guy. Good, great guy. You're good, great. Um, You're gruel. Gruel. It is so easy to get in your head when that's happening because, like, sometimes I'll, like, a guy will be going down on me and I'll just start thinking about the most random things or, like, an exam. Right. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Focus. It's too much. But yeah, it's, it's hard to get back in the focus, though. Yeah. And the fact that, I think it's so funny that orgasming is, is supposed to be a release And it ends up being something that is put, like, so much pressure is put on. And that so much thinking is apparently required sometimes and all of this other stuff. When it's really not, you just have to, you have to practice letting go, Mm -hmm. basically, and make sure that you can get yourself to that point. Well, that's what requires so much thinking in my mind is, like, relax, relax, relax. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. It's okay. Yes, exactly. But then I'm in my mind thinking that. Yeah. I can't just, like, clear my mind and be okay with whatever's going on. I think I've just kind of learned to, like, maybe look at what they're doing because that turns me on. Oh, I don't like looking. Like, so much. Oh, my God. Like, I love looking because they love looking up at you. They do. It's You just see their little eyes. It's like, I love it when I'm giving a guy a head and he, like, throws his head back and I, like, look up and then he looks down because I stop and I'm just looking at him like crazy eyes and he just, like, loses his shit. It's great. Guys do like to watch. They do love But to it's watch. easier for guys to watch because they're, like, a lot of the times, like, sitting up or, like, propped up. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, like, especially... For girls, we have to, like, just kind of be down. Yeah. Well, and it depends on the position that you're in, too. Yeah. Like, what are these? Oh, God. I love that one. I hate one. that one. Having the legs above the shoulders. I hate that. God. Now, whatever... It just feels like I'm, you're changing my diaper. <laughs> I don't like that position. <laughs> When you're, they bend your like legs back behind your freaking head. Oh my god, no! I love that. That's the get you pregnant position. Ew, it's so fucking good. Not in my mind. I can feel his dick touch my cervix. Stop. It happens. Stop. <laughs> it's true though. I don't like that feeling. I do sometimes. If it's too much, then I'm like, it makes me like nauseous. Sometimes it does make me nauseous, like because if the repetitive, like, what, oh my god, what is it impact? Stop. <laughs> I know. I actually kind of am. Oh no! Literally, you gave me cramps. I kind of feel Maybe it. that's just my cramps. I don't know. <laughs> so we talked about our experiences with uh, our first orgasms and how we don't always experience orgasms. I mean, I don't know. Do you? No. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the person I'm doing it with and if that's, you know, their goal for me too. But yeah, a lot of the times, if it's just like a hookup or 
you haven't had sex with them many times. They don't seem to care. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like, you know, I don't have to come for it to be good sex. Like I really do enjoy the connection and the feeling and all of that stuff and like the foreplay and everything like that. But orgasms are, are pretty important nowadays. Retweet. <coughs> They're good for you. They are. They're healthy. And there are different kinds of orgasms too. There's, well, for women at least. For men, I mean, I'm sure there are different ways to make you come. Like, definitely. But one type ways. throughout. But one type. So. Lucky you. For, right? For women, we have two different ways to orgasm. And they're clitorally and vaginally. Um, vaginally, it's through your G spot. So, G spot's located about, I would say, a quarter of the way through most people's vaginas. It's on not, it's like when you go inside, you have to like lift up, you know, you don't just like, you don't stab her in there. Yeah. You don't just full fledged, get your fingers up to your last knuckle in there. That's not, that's not how we do it. It's not fun. It's not, that just is aggressive. It's like, are you putting your little finger gun in me? What's going on? Like, that's not, no, I don't like that. You know what I do like though? When they are fingering you and they just like do it slowly and they watch you. Oh God. I love that. They're just like looking you in the eye while they're like, I'm going to just make you feel so fucking good right now. Allie's riled up. I am a little riled up. Oh God. But what's new? I feel like that's the least common way to orgasm because a lot of women don't know where their G spot is. And you know, it's different in every woman woman. It's not um, universally going to be located in the same spot. But well, and a lot of guys don't even know what it is. Yeah, or, like, exactly. that, that's a thing. Or that it's supposed to be, like, a button. Yeah. Or they assume... Here's the G-spot! They've been with so many women who can't come that way, so they assume you can't, so they don't even try. Yeah. Or they don't even know that the other women they've been with could have come that way. Yeah. If they had put a little bit of effort into it. Oh, man. You guys have so much to learn. A little goes a long way. It's really true. A really true. A little goes a long way. And that's why dick size doesn't matter. I've said it since the fucking beginning. <laughs> but that's uh, the least common way to orgasm. If not the most fun, though, because that is the one that, like, wraps my whole body. Because sometimes, well, and I've had both. Like, where I've had same time? clitoral and vaginal. Yes. Oh, my what? God. It's fucking amazing. The vibrator. But <laughs> one that, that achieves both of those functions. Well, and when it's vaginally, it's like, wow, that really just happened. Yeah. And you get, like, really excited about it. You get very gung-ho. You do. You're empowered. Yeah. It's great. It just, like, it really goes over your whole body. I feel like, and for me, when I, like, orgasm clitorally, it's more of, like, a from the waist down. Like, my legs are tingling, my toes tingle, and all that stuff. Well, and it's not as good of of a feeling. And it's much more short-lived. And it's, like, yeah, and it's, um... (coughs) It leaves you more drained. Yeah. In a way. Sometimes. I think so. I think sometimes I can I can definitely go for round two right after that because I'm just like, oh, you did it. I'm done. Let's go. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So what makes the perfect orgasm for you, Mariah? What do you think? Um, That's a hard one because I don't know if I've had a perfect orgasm. I mean, like, what even is a perfect orgasm, you know? That's a really good point, honestly. Like, it's hard. I think it's... It, in your in your dream world, what would your perfect orgasm be? Like, how would it happen? What would it feel like? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but I think... I, I don't know. It's like... I like them when they're not pushed, when I'm not feeling pressured to have one, when I don't pressure myself to have one. Right. Um, 
don't rush her. It's not going to make her come faster. Yeah, exactly. Retweet also. I'm going to stop saying that now. Because <laughs> um, I hate it when a guy keeps questioning me, like, oh, is that good? Like, do you, is that going to make you, like, are you going to come? Are you going to come? And I'm like, no, just shut up. Like, stop asking me. It's going to happen if it's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I like it when it's just really natural and relaxed. And I'm into it. I've definitely had orgasms when I wasn't into it, but, like, it just kind of happened. Do you have to have more of a connection with the person to have a better orgasm? I definitely I have to trust them. I definitely have to be relaxed. If I'm not relaxed and I'm not enjoying who I'm with, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't normally happen. Yeah. Because in that case, I'm just focused on getting out of there. Fair enough, honestly. Or I just want it to be over. Yeah. Exactly. Not like I'm feeling like molested or like pressured to have sex. I right. just But you were into it. Now you're not. You changed just like, let's, yeah. let's okay. be done. But yeah, I mean. So let's wrap it up. It is a hard question to describe an answer to because there's so many kinds and like every, every orgasm is good in its own way and like, and different and different and you feel successful. Oh yeah. And you leave happy. Oh yeah. So yeah, I just, I think a perfect orgasm is something that's just naturally occurring and you know that the person wants you to have it and they like support you having it. Yeah. Yeah. That you feel... And they put you first. I love being put first yeah. when it comes to sexual situations. Because it, like, obviously, since it's easier for a guy to achieve orgasm, it's not going to take too, too much work to get you there. And universally, we already know what we have to do to get you there. But when a man takes the time to, like, figure out my body and what works for me, like, that's what makes it the perfect orgasm because they figured it out. Mm-hmm. You know, they figured me out. All right, so we kind of wrapped up, you know, our experiences with our first orgasms, what makes the perfect orgasm. There's not really something to make a perfect orgasm. Um, And now we're going to talk about faking it. This is something that is a pretty sensitive topic, and I know that it hurts guys' feelings a lot. (laughs) Um, Suck it. And I have never told the men that I've been with when I faked it that I faked it. Me either. Come on. You've only faked it once. Well, yeah, one time. But I will say, okay, I've only faked it because I really cared about him and mm-hmm. I wanted to make him happy and feel like he was doing something right. And that was shortly after he made me orgasm, like, during sex. And he knew he was the first one who'd ever been able to do that. Right. So he was like, fuck yeah, like, I'm fucking awesome. So I wanted to give him that joy again. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't happening, and I'm, so I just faked it. But I'm not going to fake it with someone I don't care about because, like, I don't care if you feel insecure about it. Right. Like, why should I care? You're not good enough. You're not good enough. Not not as a whole, but in that instance. Yeah. Or it's like, I don't care about your feelings, so, like, why am I going <laughs> to fake? Why am I going to put effort into faking something? That's a good point. I just feel like a lot of the time when I fake it, it's more of, like, a marker. Like, I'm done. It's so like, you need I'm, to I'm ready. I'm ready to be over. <laughs> like, I'm I'm ready. Or, like, and if I don't do something about it, or if I don't make a noise or something like that, and I just say, oh, I want you to come, they'll be like, but I want you to come. And I'm like, but I want you to come. I already did. And they're like, no, you didn't. And I'm like, didn't you hear me? Like, you know, so I have to, I feel like a noise has to accompany it. And I know that when I do actually have an orgasm, it's, I'm a pretty, you know, loud person in general. Like, I get up there, you know, I make noise. But... Um, I've definitely faked it more than once. I'm very jealous of you that you haven't. 
I just don't care to. to. I don't care to. Well, I mean, have you ever not come during sex and not faked it and just been like, I didn't come? All the time. Oh, okay. Well, and a lot of the time... I don't own that shit. I don't care. Like, it's not... I don't even think about it. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. And, like, a lot of the times guys will be like, oh, well, like, are you, do you think you're going to come? Like, have you come, come yet? Can you come? I'm like, no. I'm, and I always say I'm probably not going to, so, like, just don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, and I usually say that when I just am kind of ready for them to be done, too, just to take the pressure off of them, to, of focusing on me. I'd rather them just focus on them at that point. At that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point for you to make because I can't be that honest, which is not a good thing, you know, like, like what stops you? I don't know. Like it's mainly the fact that I am enjoying myself and I do feel good most of the time, but it's just like a, I'll almost get there. And so like, I get like, you know, my voice changes the the way I move my body and you know, all of that stuff, all of that changes, but I don't get there. And so it's like, he's trying really hard and I see that he's trying really hard or that he's really into it. And I'll be like, yes or, like that. or I'll just say like oh, yeah or I'll just say I'm about to come or something like that and then I'll just like clench or something usually that makes them hurry up too exactly it makes them hurry up and it's like okay I enjoyed myself but I'm I'm ready and I'm done and it's like it doesn't happen every time like I said I mean um like I feel like it's mainly I'd say 60 40 to where I come about 40 percent of the time mm-hmm. and 60% of the time, I don't fake it, but it's like, I'll get loud and noisy to where they think that I've come. And I don't like say, oh, I'm coming, I'm coming. And they don't ask. So it's kind of like a, I'm leaving it in limbo kind of a situation. But they just are, kind of assume you did and just kind of get on with it. Yes. Yeah. But there has definitely been an instance where I faked it. Like there was this guy who was my neighbor for a while and love him. Um, but he was pretty, like, we were both pretty fucked up, and he came over, and we were having sex, and he was just, like, he's very into making me feel good, but I knew that I was so drunk or on whatever I was on at the time, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I'm not gonna come, but, like, he is so, like, sexy, and, like, he wants me to give him this show, like, yeah. he wants a show right. right now, so I'm gonna put on a fucking show, <laughs> so I did, I'll do that extra shit. For somebody that I like, you know? Well, exactly. If it's, exactly. Yeah, if it's my point. Good. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's... Doing the most. Doing the most to do the least, honestly. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, like I said, we're not always in it for the orgasm. Sometimes we're in it for the, you know, emotional connection or the touching. And, like, you enjoy all of it. So it's not all about the orgasm. But... Uh, I think for me... It's more about the emotional connection. I mean, like, obviously, I don't have an emotional connection with everyone I sleep with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to have an emotional connection with, like, a one-night stand type situation. Right. And in those For situations, sure. it's I usually just have sex with them because, like, or I want to, but it's not like I'm going to have the best night of my life. It's right. just like, okay, and well. we're going to fall in love after this, and that's how it's going to happen. Yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, I guess that's what we, we do next. And then you can go home. Or then I can go home and call it a day. Yeah. But... I mean, I think sex with someone you like where you do have that emotional connection with and you can draw it out and you can take breaks and just kind of hold each other or like have a good conversation in between. And that's like the best sex. I love that because it's like, it's never, there's no, I mean, there's a start to it, but there's like no start and end. Like it's not a race. It's not like, 
labeled or anything like specifically step one, two, three, four, five. Like it's just an experience. Yeah. It's like a, the experience is the stuff of orgasms guys. Exactly. Exactly. And guys, PSA, (coughs) when you just have sex and you have sex like a rabbit, it's really disgusting. It's not cute. It makes me not like you. Yeah. It makes me think that you're some kind of like fiend. Yeah. Like, and like, I get it that it's fun and you're excited and you're into it, but like, don't have sex. Like you're a 14 year old, have sex. Like you're a, 30-year-old man who's done it before. Yeah, like a grown-ass man. Don't make me feel like you just are having sex with my body. Right. I hate that. Yes. Oh, my God. That's such a great distinction. Have sex with me, not my body. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Because I experienced that way too many times, and it's really unattractive. And honestly, I've gotten to a point where I start telling them how I feel afterwards. Right. Or I'll text them, like, I didn't appreciate that, and I didn't like that. Mm Because I've, I mean... I've said to a guy before that I felt like he didn't care who he was having sex with, that I just felt like he just wanted to have sex Mm -hmm. and that I played no part in it. Right. So I think that's good, honestly, because there are so many reasons to engage in sex, especially now since there's not as much of a stigma or like taboo s kind of vision on having sex when you're not married and stuff. It's for connection. It's for pleasure. It's for experience. It's for money. Even, you know, it's for entertainment. Like sex is a natural part of life and it's been made easier for us now at this point to discuss, to discuss sex openly. And now, you know, we're getting along to being able to discuss like, okay, yes, we just had sex. Like sex is not the problem. The problem is the way you made me feel and the way you used me. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the, like having an orgasm, it should be the same way. Like, you know, you didn't make me come. It's okay. Like, you know, like we can try again or something like that. Like it's not necessarily going to happen with like a one night stand or anything like that, but with someone that you're sleeping with regularly and stuff, like it's going to take time for them to learn those things about you. So like, you're not going to have the perfect orgasm or an orgasm each and every time, like until that person learns what you like. Well, it's, I think it's important to acknowledge it either way, whether it's a one night stand or not. Yeah. You know, whether you're, you've been having sex with the same person for, you know, multiple times or whatever, but I think it's, you know, all in all just kind of respectful to just recognize the fact that your partner didn't get there. Um, and, and make it's them, not the worst thing. Yeah. Make them aware and have a conversation about it because like you want to respect both parties and you want to make it to where you do want to see each other again. Maybe. I mean, if you don't, you know, whatever, just right. leave, but, but you can't fake it and be open at the same time. Like yeah. it's not, that's you not shouldn't have to fake it. Right. Not cause you don't have an orgasm, but because you feel too uncomfortable to like tell the truth or, you know, just like be okay with not having an orgasm, but being open to talking about it afterwards. See, I really think that that's something that I need to work on. Honestly. I mean, really with the guy that I'm, <laughs> with the guy that I'm talking to now, like it's not really a problem. Like I come most of the time when we have sex, but I don't, I don't tell him that I'm coming if I'm not coming. Yeah. And I still enjoy the sex. Exactly. But like, you know, if they ask you, if you came and you didn't come, be honest. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it doesn't do anyone any favors. We're going to take away from that. Yeah. All right. So I guess that is the end of episode four. The stuff of orgasms. Stuff of orgasms. Yeah. So be sure to, um, as always, share it with your friends, like, comment, repost share subscribe rate review put us on your instagram stories share us with your friends maybe not your family (laughs) 
share give us your personal stories and like we love to hear that stuff i mean we use it on the episode if you want us to um it doesn't just help us but it helps everyone listening yes we love all the feedback and you know this this podcast is for you guys and uh we're here for you so if you guys have any other topics you want us to talk about let us know. We'd love to. We would love to do those for you. Hopefully, uh, on the next episode, we'll have a very special new guest that you guys haven't heard before. So get excited, excited about that. But other than that, we will um, talk to you guys next week. Yes, we, we will. won't talk to us, but we'll talk to you. But we will talk to you. We'll talk at you. Yeah, we'll talk right at you in your face. <laughs> All right. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye.